Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uptime Community. We are so glad that you could join us live today. And uh, we welcome back our usual Uptime panel. Today's date is March 15th in the year of our Lord, 2022. And uh, if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We do want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and your comments. I'm Greg Messina, and of course, I would like to open up our with our usual uptime panel. And uh, welcome back, everyone. I have, we have Kevin Hookman to the right of me. Down below, we have Mr. Joe, Cloud Joe I. And we have, uh, of course, Bob Barber. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Welcome back, and uh, we have, as as you stated, uh, not much to talk about. Um, no, and I have to cut this short. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to talk about going on in the world involving end time Bible prophecy. There's not much to talk about other than a war going on in the Middle East. There's not much right. to talk about with, with Russia and Ukraine. There's not much to talk about how our nation is completely failing at the hands of our administration. There's not much to talk about. There's a great falling away from the church. There's not much to talk about. I mean, should I go on? <laughs> you know, and uh, I tell you what, it's um, weighs you down. It really weighs you down. And I know people are here right now, and I see in the chats last week, and I can look in the chats here. Um, people come here to get renewed, guys. Mm. Don't they? Amen. They come Amen. here. To get, some people here, this is their church for them. <laughs> I and, come here to get renewed. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible said don't forsake the assembly. We assemble here. This rejuvenates me. I don't know about you guys. It does it yeah. for me. And Thanks also, so. talking to my subscribers and your subscribers rejuvenates me. So this is great. I love it. Yeah, that's uh, one of the key things we got to do is just lift each other up, right? You say that all this stuff weighs you down, and then we just lift each other up. And uh, we do it in the spirit as um, brothers and sisters in Christ, as one body. And I'm telling you, it's uh, there, there is a lot that you can get weighed down by. At the same time, though, when you look at it and everything's lining up towards, you know, just it's getting it's getting worse. I mean, we, we can see that. And when we when it's getting worse, you know that it's getting closer uh, to our redemption. I mean, that, that that is the Bible talks in so many different places about. How when sudden destruction comes on them, they don't escape. But you who have overcome, you I'm gonna t- I'm gonna keep you from that hour of trial, which is like what Revelation 3:10, right? And so that there's promises that are made to us. So when you see these things take place, lift up your heads because you know your redemption draws near. And we are seeing these things take place. I mean. Like you said before, Bob, this is a convergence of mm-hmm. all these different things that are coming together that are like these precursors to the tribulation. And we've talked about like this this more control over people. Uh, inflation is is really running rampant, and but nothing like it's going to be in the tribulation. But we see it starting here, really kicking off. We see. We hear of wars. We have war going on right now, a major, pretty, I mean, it's not super major where we don't, where we have like every country involved. That's for the, that's, that's for the tribulation. (laughs) 
but we are seeing that these things line up to get us there. And so, Bob, in one respect, it's weighing me down and weighing us all down. But in the other respect, when you look at it, it's what we were told is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so this should not surprise us. And uh, if it does surprise you that things are getting worse and that we're not getting closer to utopia, well, I got something to tell you. And the Bible doesn't talk about humans being able to get to a utopia. It just doesn't happen. So we are on track. We are on course. God's plan is being fulfilled right before our very eyes. And that's one thing that we can be lifted up uh, regarding. And then knowing that we have uh, safety by having our salvation sealed in Jesus Christ. That is a huge difference between anybody else who's looking through this, who is not saved, looking through the lens of fear looking through the lens of uncertainty of what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen to us when we die, or if we're still alive and remain and be raptured. We know what's ahead of us after that. All of it, of course, but a lot of it's a mystery. But we do know some of the main things. And in that, we have assurance, right? We have assurance. And we walk with that assurance every day. And that helps us get through these times and still continue to overcome what's going on in the world. That's the way I kind of look at it, Bob. Amen to that. Amen. Amen. Joe. Yeah. I'm seeing, I'm seeing kind of a balance of uh, bad things happening, good things happening, which I think um, kind of represents the end times, especially the tribulation. I mean, the more I study the book of revelation and um, you know, there's a lot of miracles taking place and you know, this week was an interesting week. I saw an uptick, me personally, in um, <clears throat> some demonic attacks, um, both in the uh, awake world and the sleep world. <clears throat> and it's ticking up a little bit for me. And, you know, I think the more you're in prayer and the more you fellowship with people, you'll see an uptick in that. With the world the way it is now, um, I know there's a lot of prayer worries out there. Um so, you know, we're fighting as they fight. And, you know, this week I got some some more bad news. Some other people that I know were diagnosed with sickness. Another person I find out is intensive care unit, a young man. And these, you know, families are going through a lot. I think to myself, you know, I pray. Some of them, <clears throat> excuse me, are at a distance. So I pray that, you know, they find peace and comfort in the Holy Spirit so we pray for them. But I think as time goes on, you're going to continue to see more of this uh, back and forth with good versus evil. Um, as far as what's coming out of the uh, magic box, the television, I mean, that's that's a complete script. So whatever you're seeing out of that is a complete play. I don't I don't take any of it as information. Um, you know, I see what's going on with Israel and you know, I'm hearing things about Iran and some cyber attacks. And, you know, again, these are all things coming out of the internet. So I'm starting to see drips of things that would lead to coalition of countries siding up for something bigger. But at the same time, I see the old fashioned story, which is making our president look soft and weak, lining up for the next guy who's going to be the stronger candidate that may lead us into that big fight. So I just, throughout this time of, you know, throughout years, I see the cycles kind of go through. Um, 
but I see the level of crisis, the repetitive crisis is continuing at a faster pace. And Bob talks about this, how it just keeps happening and happening on a shorter distance. So, um, you know, it's a, it's always an exciting time to live. And I know that there's uh, people seeing good and bad. So it's, it's an interesting balance to deal with that. Um, you know, with the Holy spirit, you know, constantly making you run the race and um, as years go on and, you know, we fellowship more, I, I see, I see it clearer, which makes it easier, but everybody has a bad day. I mean, there's some days your flesh is just tired and you, that's it. So um, that to me is a big sign of where we're at. We're back in, you know, the eighties and early nineties, you know, it was more of a line. There was always a little bit of drama, but now between what's happening with children and families and the uh, lunacy in our uh, government. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better situation for the Antichrist to show up. And I'm, I'm, in, make, I'm, at, I'm at the point now where I know he's alive and he's walking. Like, can I make three observations real quick? <clears throat> One observation is that um, I want to tack on what you said regarding the, these birth pangs, right? I mean, Bob's been talking about this a lot, too, is that it feels like these birth pangs are getting, you know, stronger and closer together. Mm-hmm. That there's just like one crisis after another with a little bit of lull, but the lulls are becoming shorter and shorter. And that that leads me to believe that we are getting very close to this, this birth, this 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 rapture. Let um, me make another observation, which is this projection of strength that is around the world is there's like it's the emperor's clothes you know that there 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 isn't any there thing anything behind it that there's just weakness that there's weakness all over the place even in the country that is invaded another country there's like been three weeks of weakness that we've seen and when you talk about like oh we're gonna do everything possible to for this or that but it's not everything possible then it's weakness when you've got to go and you've got to recruit TikTok celebrities in order to gaslight <laughs> that's that's like a total projection of weakness there's no strength there so the world is in this vacuum of weakness so what do you think is going to fill that vacuum i mean the bible talks about a messiah that's going to come who's going to be a, a false messiah a fake messiah that people are going to say who can make war against this beast that is a strong man Right. That's a strong man that's going to come and is going to fill that vacuum. And Satan's going to be right behind that. I mean, Satan is all about that. And God is using that in his plan to be able to have people have a final choice on which way they're going to go. Are they going to go the way of the false Messiah and the world or are they going to go the way of Jesus Christ? So my observation is that this thing is setting up right in time for that, that this weakness that all these leaders are projecting. And by the way, the third observation I was going to make is that this is a, every single crisis that's going on right now, have you noticed that like their, their predominant uh, motive is basically just to cause division. Everything Mm -hmm. they are using, Mm -hmm. every single thing they use in order to cause more division, to be more divisive, to basically 
have you know spur on more fights against each other. You've got people saying this person should be arrested for saying this. We used to arrest people like that. Well, that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it good. Actually, when that when people were getting arrested for that, that was bad. But no, you're going to point to that as the example of what we should be doing. This goes to show how divisive these people have become, and they use everything in order to put it in another way between people, so that people will fight each other and not and be distracted, basically, about what is actually going on and what the real problems are. Right. You know, it's no surprise that we had this questionable election last year or year before. You know, it's no surprise that that all happened. And now we have an administration that just doesn't care about Americans. They don't care about this country. They didn't care about the 9,000 people they left behind in Afghanistan. They don't care about what's going on with Ukraine and Russia or else they would send the 29 jets to defend themselves. You know, they don't care about the gas price. They don't care about the borders. They don't care about the school. They don't care about anything except for their own agenda. Okay. And, you know, I understand, you know, economics and power plays and politics come into hand and in dealing with leaders, stuff like that. But obviously these people never took leadership classes. <laughs> okay. They need, they led this country into an economic crisis, which is inflated the cost of everything now. And the Biden administration, they need to take full responsibility for this. I know there's about 10% of it that was Putin and stuff going on overseas. But the Keystone Pipeline, come on, the gas and the regulations, everything he did, it killed our energy here. It killed our economy here and the lockdowns and everything. So it's all their fault. All they're taking 0% responsibility, Bob. Yeah, but they're, they're blaming on everybody else. And basic way they're dealing with Putin now, you know, um, well, Biden's like, well, don't you can come in here and steal my house. I mean, you come here and steal my food. You can steal my furniture and everything else. But don't if you touch my family. I'll kill you. So what do you think Putin's going to do? Well, he's a bully. But he's going to come in. He's going to wipe out your furniture. He's going to wipe out your food. You'll leave your family alone. And before you know it, you're sleeping on the floor that night. Yeah. You know, if so I mean, and it's sad what he's doing with uh, the with, with way he's treating. right? And what was bad right now, the way he's treating Russia is causing China now to become bold up. Mm-hmm. to go after Taiwan. And they go right. after Taiwan. Oh, and they China came, out, came out yesterday and said, anybody that, that um, backs Taiwan militarily, we there are dire consequences for them. And we have bases set up in Taiwan. And we supply Taiwan most of all their military equipment. So we are like their main island. They're basically fighting us over there. So And there's no call for any of that stuff to come out. So, so let me maybe, let me give you a question though, Bob, on yeah. that on that topic, because mm-hmm. I mean, we saw the, the corporations and the 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 you know mass hysteria that's going on from certain individuals, but mainly, I mean, pretty much anybody in the mainstream, um, this this hysteria that's gone on against or contra Russia, basically. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that same sentiment? is going to go against China if they try to take Taiwan. Yeah. If uh, they try to take Taiwan, like I said, we... Do you think the corporations, though, are going to get on board and pull out all out of China? Aren't they... um, I know they're already pulling out of Russia right now. Well, yeah, but my question is, like, on China, which is a much bigger economy... 
means much more to those companies than Russia does. Do you think that knowing what you know about the current administration and their ties with China, because mm-hmm. uh, these guys have a lot of ties with Ukraine, obviously, we know about that. Yeah. Uh, we also know we have they have major ties with China. If China try to take Taiwan, how strong do you think that the administration and that the com- the corporations would be to go against China? Do you think that they would do the same thing that they're doing to Russia? Well, China has them all their pocket financially. You know, China's controlling all the corporations. Okay, China's a dragon. Okay, the China and the fact that they have six major corporations worldwide that basically house all business. That's no surprise. You know, and basically, um, yeah, China, China is getting in position right now to basically take over the world and they will be able and they're basically going to be the new America. In fact, they want they want America to be new China. (laughs) They want to come here and kick us out and take over this country. That's what they want. Do you think the mainstream media is going to gaslight the population in order to support Taiwan like they're doing for Ukraine? I think so. Because they really? want China. I think, uh, look, they want war. They want war. People don't die unless there's war. And there's a sad thing happening in Ukraine right now. They're recruiting uh, teenagers now to fight. They're giving them three days of training to send them out to fight. Okay? That's bull crap. You know, I have a, I have a 14-year-old son that's going to turn 15 this year. Okay? And these kids and the people they're, they're recruiting are as young as 14 and 15 years old now. They want war. They don't care. Like I said before, they don't care. They don't care what they have to do to accomplish this. They don't care. Do you think it's, yeah. Do you think it's more likely that they would want to get into a hot war over in China and Taiwan than they're, they're willing to do in Ukraine at this point? Do you think that instead of just sending Taiwan a whole bunch of arms that they would actually not necessarily an army or anything like that, but maybe like Air Force or the Navy get involved with it? Do you think that that's a possibility? I think so. It's wow. possible. We, we don't know. You know, they might be able to go over there and talk it, talk it out, and it'll be done. We you know Taiwan isn't that big. You know, no. unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's, it's, right off, it's right off to the, uh, it's right off to the east, China. Mm-hmm. Right no. there. Well, you what know. we do know is that we're we're prime for allow, allowing this nation to be just taken over. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, you can just see it in the last. Oh man, I don't even know how many years. Are we going back to the seventies? Probably yeah. earlier. I mean, listen, we have this whole thing with the Freemasons, right? Right, we're we going back a ways here, but there, this was all the plan from the beat from the beginning to bring this nation down at some point as part mm-hmm. of the plan. Right? right. So they want, you know, when I say they, what are we, are we talking about a shadow government? Are we talking about um, ones that are hidden uh, from, from the mainstream uh, kind of pulling the strings, so to speak? The point, the point is we're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be the strong nation anymore. We're not going to be well, we do know that the kings of the east rise up during the tribulation and actually come against the Antichrist. Um, but we also know that at Armageddon, they that they're joining him. 
So, um, but so we do know that like China is not going to go away. No, uh, I mean China is actually going to get stronger uh, and and actually mount up some kind of attack against the Antichrist ultimately, but they're going to get defeated. But here's the deal: that I mean, as of as I see it, Bob, I mean. Mm-hmm. You're right. They, I mean, they, the military industrial complex, as we call it in the United States, is very strong. They, they are putting more money into the military um, in order to, they also send money over to Ukraine. Um, the question, though, that I have is, is mainly regarding Taiwan, because we've, we've mm-hmm. sent mis, mixed messages regarding Taiwan for years, especially with this administration. You, you've, you've heard those messages. And and China keeps telling everybody, do not touch Taiwan. Do not get involved. If you get involved in Taiwan, you are going to pay dearly. Mm-hmm. The question is, is like whether or not we're willing to pay dearly and actually defend it in some some way, shape, or form, or if this administration just goes, well, we're not going to put any boots on the ground. We're going to give you arms and good luck to you, Taiwan. I mean, isn't that really what's going on right now in Ukraine? Yeah. When you but, think about it, isn't that really kind of what's happened? Is like we're going to try to try to arm you, but you're on your own. Yeah, I think for Taiwan, though, according to dreams and visions, uh, China sets up shop up north. They shut. They set up shop in Canada along with the Russian soldiers, and Justin Trudeau has already invited them to come over there and do drills, and they've been doing drills in accordance. Last time I heard, they have enough there to do an invasion right now into onto American soil from Canada. But I don't think that's going to happen right now. But here's the thing. They need a reason to do it. And Taiwan, I think, would be the linchpin to make that well, happen. Well, that certainly would uh, be poking a dragon in yeah. that respect. I mean, if we actually decided to put our people, shoot Chinese soldiers in any way, shape, or form, Navy, Air Force, or an Army type situation, that would escalate very quickly, I would think. Right. And, and you're thinking that the administration is looking for that, that they want they, they want something like that to happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to face it. Look what they've been doing. I mean, look, at that, look what they did in Afghanistan. I mean, everywhere they go, they show weakness. I mean, we got a president that spends most of his time in Delaware – eating ice cream cones and watching Flintstone reruns, okay? We don't have a president. We don't have any leadership right now. The leadership we do have is weak and extremely divided. Greg, so, can you fact check that uh, that that uh, Frank, the, the Flintstones? <laughs> uh, can you fact check yeah, that for me real quick? Do I really um, have to, Kevin? Can we, we all know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not true. Um, I'm just saying whether, I don't know, maybe, probably, but... Uh, I don't think that's been substantiated in the, in the news. Um, but the ice cream, I think so. Yeah. We've seen him eat ice cream. Um, and we do know he spends a lot of time in Delaware. Um, you know, listen, Bob, I, I don't, I don't know if, if the United States is gonna, is actually going to do anything about China. And the reason why I say this is like, look, I do get your point regarding them wanting to start something up. Obviously, it's going to distract from the problems that's going, that this administration is putting the American people through. I mean, part of this whole thing is to distract that because now you've got the gaslighting on the Putin price hikes, right? 
And that's a total gaslight. That is not, not like you said before, maybe 10% of, of that, of what happened is responsible for this. But this, this stuff was going up well before that uh, from day one, uh, actually when Biden was actually elected. I mean, that's when it really started in November of 2020. So that's when the prices started going up. And I know that because I got gas two days before the election and it was $1.59. And immediately after that, within a week, it was six. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, what was different? Oh, well, a Democrat's coming into office. And then ever since then, the price has just been going up and up and up and up. And I got to tell you, Bob, that, yes, it would be a distraction. But at the same time, I mean, aren't we, as the United States, like in a super weak position right now to actually go to war against China? Right. I mean, I mean they, they've simmed this out, and and guess what, Bob? America doesn't win. No, America goes. America really goes down the hellhole, especially during the tribulation. And it, it, you hit, when it hits, it gets down to the bottom of the toilet bowl. When it goes boop 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 boop, that's the four <laughs> trumpets. Okay, <laughs> first four trumpets, <laughs> where the Bible says it wipes out a third of the crust of the earth. And of course, the Western nations make up a third of the crust. And of course, you can't wipe out a third of the crust. And still fulfill Bible prophecy in the East. So yeah. where's this crust? Which part's going to get wiped out? And you make a really that- good point there. Uh, and I, I, I suggest that people go to your channel and, and watch that video that you talk about that. Because that's the most compelling argument that I've heard regarding that third. Is like, what is the third? And you're like, that, that would be the Western Hemisphere, folks. And you make a good uh, point about how what the what state the Western Hemisphere was in two thousand years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and you also make a good point that like everything that's talked about during the tribulation is either you know Israel or the East or just South or just North of Israel. So it's like it doesn't talk about really anything else. So let's let's be mm-hmm. honest there. They're not. They're really not talking about the United States being a factor, right? And here's and here's a, um, something I'd like to lay up for everybody. I did mention about that invasion from Canada. Okay, I've been looking at. I have dreams. I, did, I posted dreams about that. You guys seen them all, all right? I've been looking at that for the last ten years. But here's the thing. I believe this house going to go down. Okay, I believe that we'll have a cyber attack here first, which shuts down the whole nation. Okay, now according to the Albert Pike letters. We turn against each other and take each other out because we're trying to survive, get food, water, take our family, and all this stuff like that. They shut the power off here. We'll kill each other. And, in fact, the Naval War College said after two years, 90% of America will be dead after the grid goes down. So here's the thing. China knows that and Russia knows that. So if if I was a leader of China, would I send my entire force in there to fight a bunch of people who are ready to fight with their guns? Full of bullets? No. Let them destroy each other first. Wait a couple years. And then when it's all said and done, you're going to have about 10% left. Real smart people, good militias that stuck together. We'll go in then. Do a clean sweep across the country and take them out. All right? So basically, when this happens, the rapture resurrection was a long time ago. Okay, we were Lord long gone. And when they come in here and take over this country... At that point, that's when I believe that God will look at the United States. All right, it's completely gone. China and Russia took it over. Good time now to light up those trumpets and take out yeah. the enemy. 
Well, that makes sense. I mean, right now we've got uh, 293 people in, uh, in your chat uh, watching this live on your channel, Bob. Mm -hmm. um, however, we only have 66 likes. So apparently, like, only one quarter, less than one quarter of the people here actually like what we're saying. That's how I'm going to take it. Um, so, so, you know, we, we, either we got to change the subject or the itching ears that people have here are not getting satiated. Um, so, but listen, I, I got to tell you, Bob, in other words, hit the like button, please. Cause I mean, I think we're all here. We like it. We like it. Um, it helps Bob's channel out. It actually gets him people that will see this. Cause we do get people commenting saying, I just saw this channel for the first time and I love it. I see those comments all the time every week and um, and it helps because it'll recommend this video. Well, perhaps people. we should move on to going back to the, the word. And I, I think yeah. what we, we all, you know, we all know what's, what's coming. We see what's, what's going on around the you know wor world and how does that relate to Bible prophecy? And I think that you hit the nail on the head there, Kevin, uh, specifically uh, addressing revelation 13, four. So mm. how do you how do you how do you explain this verse, gentlemen? They worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, "Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him?" Now, who is the dragon? Satan. Right. Satan. And we know that through the word. We know that mm -hmm. Satan is the the, the dragon, the uh, the ancient serpent. Um, so the, the dragon gives power unto the beast. Correct. Now, who do we, who do we say the beast is? The Antichrist. Correct. Okay. The Antichrist, but, but this is a spiritual book, right? And we're speaking in yeah. spiritual terms. Who okay. is the beast? I mean, beast like, huh? I've well, I mean, like the, the, the beast the beast itself is what who rises obviously out of. I mean, you got a beast from the land, then you got a beast from the sea, right? Um, one beast is a, is a false prophet. One beast is is basically antichrist. Is uh, I mean, it assumes the beast system is run by this beast, and the dragon's given its power. Satan's given its power in order to overcome the saints and overcome the world, basically, and deceives the world through all kinds of lying signs and wonders. And this beast is extremely powerful. You're talking about taking the mark of this beast in order to be able to buy and sell. So you can't do commerce and actually live without worshiping this beast and taking its mark or the name of its mark or the uh, or, or its image. So you're, you're talking about something extremely powerful here that is obviously steamrolling over different areas, different countries. He actually, this, this horn that rises up out of the 10 horns, the 10 kings, this little horn rises up and actually takes out three of them. So you're talking about something that's gigantically powerful. And so I believe that what that's what this is saying. It's, it's acknowledging the power that this beast has over the earth. When you consider it now, we have over 200 countries on this earth. I mean, they might, might be 192 in other territories, but it's still, you're almost 200 countries and they're all ruled by different things. Well, that is going to be much different during that period of time when you're talking about a beast system 
which is control over whatever is inhabitable in the earth. I mean, Bob, you're probably before this, you're probably right. And like a third of the earth is not going to even be, uh, you know, there. A lot of people are going to die during those first four trumpets as well. So you're, you're talking about, you know, uh, there's also a rapture that occurs. So you're talking about a lot less population, but you're still talking about billions and billions and billions of people that this person's going to have control over. Nobody has control over billions and billions of people right now, unless you count like, social uh, media tech people. <laughs> and then that's only in kind of a loose way. But this is going to be in a way that actually controls the ever the uh, every part of their lives, including buying and selling and so forth. So when you're when you acknowledge that kind of system and that kind of entity, you're going to say, who who's going to go up against this? They've got control over the whole earth. Nobody's going to be able to go up against it. The people aren't going to rise up against it because the majority of the people believe that he is the Messiah, that, that, that he is going, that this is a savior who's here to actually help us. Right. Yeah. The beast is, is a, the beast is of course the, uh, the beast that rises up out of the sea in the spiritual aspect, you see a beast rising up out of the sea, seven heads, 10 horns and a crown on each crown, crown on each horn. Okay. And it's just a big, huge, dreadful beast according to the book of Daniel. And the harlot rides this beast because it's so big and, and it just steamrolls everything, railroads everything, totally takes over the whole earth. Nothing can stop it. The Bible, the book of Revelation says that who can make war with the beast? Who is like the beast? So you're right, Kevin. This it devours the harlot, Bob. It, it ultimately devours the harlot itself. Well, it does. It says who is able to make war with him, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's a being. It's an entity. We know that yeah, based on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is able to make war with him? Right. Well, you got um, you got like different manifestations of it. Like Kevin was talking about Amen. the beast okay. system itself is worldwide. Tentacles are everywhere in every single facet of our life and so many different levels of interpretation. The thing is vast. It has a ton of moving parts. Right. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. But mm-hmm. the beast, who is able to make war with him? Right. And Joe nailed it on the head. Only Jesus, right? Correct. Sure. Only Jesus can make, make war with him. Man yeah, can't I... make war with him because we, we, we don't have the ability. We don't have the weaponry. We don't have the capability of doing that. This is a supernatural being. Right. It's pretty obvious. Well, the only way you can overcome this beast is spiritually. There's no physical overcoming of this beast. This is a this is a spiritual. Wouldn't you agree, Greg? I mean, it is a spiritual battle against the against the beast. The only people who overcome the beast are the ones who don't live their lives to the to the life, but they live their lives to the death. Those are the ones who actually overcome. The the, the beast overcomes them in terms of their physical body, right. but not spiritually. And so th- that's another thing too, Greg, is that you've got a bunch of weak, spiritually-minded people that are going to be deceived by the beast. They're going to be deceived by the false prophet. They're going to be deceived into believing that this is the Messiah, This is the, that this is the Savior of the world. And it's a spiritual battle. I mean, it's, it's a spiritual battle now, and that's not going to change. It's going to continue to be a spiritual battle all the way through. And certainly the beast is going to try to make war against Jesus at his second coming, but that's going to fail miserably because Jesus immediately takes them and throws them into the lake of fire. 
Uh, they, they don't they don't get any time out there. They don't get you know any any respite. They go directly to the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference between other people who actually get put into hell, and then later on after the millennium, hell is thrown into the lake of fire. Right. And you brought this up too in a previous uptime. This is a very important verse here, Kevin. Yeah. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Correct. So wait a minute. If we're gone, this can't be speaking of, about the body of Christ, could it? It is not. It's talking about what's, what happens in the fifth seal, which is a whole bunch of martyrs who are beheaded for their faith. Uh, those people are, are overcome in terms of their lives here on earth. They are overcome by the beast. They will not take the mark, and they will they will go to their death. Uh, but the over but they are overcomers via the spirit, and that's the key. Is that the the antichrist and the beast himself overcomes them here on earth, and basically to the point where there are very few believers that are left. I mean, there's a remnant of Israel, and very few in other places. I would think. So you're talking about the majority is either taking the mark or they've been beheaded. So it's one, it's mainly those two groups. And then you have a tiny remnant, which basically sticks around into uh, the end until the, the, the second coming. Those are the ones that actually call out to Jesus and recognize him as the Messiah. And that's when Jesus said he was going to return, right? He says, I'm not going to return until they do that. So you're talking about a remnant of the Jewish people going to call out to Jesus as their Messiah at the end. God says that he protects those people for 1,260 days and that the dragon tries to go after the woman, but is not able to get to her. So he says like he tries to shoot out a bunch of water to flood them. And and then the earth opens up and it swallows it up. So God's protecting these, these people, no matter what the dragon does. And then the next verse after that says the dragon then, he's wroth with anger, so he goes after the ones who basically are her offspring and the ones who hold to the to the commandments. Well, those are going to be tribulation saints. And so he's going to go after the tribulation saints, which is exactly what it's talking about when it says that those people are going to be beheaded. So when you consider all the physical death that's going to be going on during that period of time, no, humans are not going to be able to overcome the Antichrist and overtake him and, and overthrow him. Neither, that's neither, just will, not, neither will the saints, because it says there. Neither will the saints. That's correct. He has the power to overcome them. So does, who, who is there going to be left to rapture toward the end when Jesus there, comes? Only the remnant uh, would be left to, to rapture at correct. that point. Right. This uh, opens the door to a whole bunch of things because you think about the great delusion that's happening right now, all the censorship and everything right now. They're getting everything ready for now for the great delusion. Talk about the book of Thessalonians that God sent a great delusion. But the great delusion also is the time of testing. Is is the mindset during the time of testing to test you. If you're going to choose God, you're going to choose Satan. And in my last video, I love you brought that verse up. It, it jogged my memory about the video I did last week where Satan has about a short time when he comes down here. He has to build an army. He has to build it fast. Okay, he has to round everybody up. Yes, he likes to be worshipped. Yeah, he likes to play God. He likes killing people, but he wants to keep it. And I believe, he really believes that he can keep it. But he has to build a world army. He has to build it fast. 
So that's one of the things he's going to do. He's going to push the mark. Because a mark will change you, make you like them, probably make you more powerful and demon possession and stuff like that. But, you know, that's the main thing Satan needs to do. He needs to create a world army so he is in position, ready to fight Jesus at the end of this whole thing. Okay. And, you know, the other thing, too, I want to mention real fast. Uh, you, you mentioned like, who is the beast. Okay. Mm-hmm. I uh, I got just a couple of verse I want to show you real fast. It's uh, Revelation 19, 19. And I'm going to show you two verses from the book of Revelation 19, 19, and another verse in, in, uh, in uh, chapter 20. And it says, and I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war with him that sat on the horse, horse and against his army. Okay. Now that course is a second coming of Jesus Christ. All right. So this is here. I saw the beast, the antichrist and the kings of the earth. Okay. And I'll make my point in the next verse. So go to the very next verse after that. uh, Verse 20. And it says, uh, there you go. Verse 20, and the beast was taken. Did they take the world system and all the G, all the G, uh, 5G towers and all the stuff? No, they took the beast. All right, the beast was taken, and with him, the false prophet. So there's only two guys in this duel the Antichrist and the false prophet. And the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, which with which he deceived. All right, there's that delusion. That's all that censorship that's coming. You need to get ready for this, okay? Which he deceived them that dwell, that had received the mark that, well, let's read again. Which With which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Now, you think about that delusion that's coming. That's part of the delusion. This is, you got to think, what kind of a campaign did these guys do to fool everybody on earth and taking this mark? All right, that's where this delusion is coming from, and I believe that's why all the censorship is really tightening down. When because when these guys show up, the narrative has to be solid. You can't be, you can't have people like us, you know, exposing these guys. So that's why I believe it has to happen after the rapture. All right, and then if you go to uh, the last one, I want to show you is uh, uh, Revelation uh, twenty verse ten, and it says there, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So my answer to you is the the Antichrist, he is a part of the beast. I would I would uh, beg to say or make the argument that he is the pilot of the beast. Okay, he controls the beast. Yes, we have a big system here on earth where he gets into the control box, he gets into the controls, and he controls this thing. You, you know, I use that movie Specific Rim. Perfect example. He has a gigantic robot, but yet they have pilots up inside the head controlling it. I believe he's kind of like a pilot because, like I said, we're not going to throw, you know, everybody that's part of the beast system that's worshiping Satan and helping him along with the beast system. Which we know who those people are. They're not getting thrown into the lake of fire. There's one man getting thrown into the lake of fire. Okay, it keeps on. You keep showing us, Greg. It's him, 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 he, him. It's a masculine man. Okay, it, it's not talking about a big gigantic system. It would have said thing. You know, it would have used it like a. You know what I'm saying? So, so my answer is uh, the beast itself is actually the Antichrist. But yes, he does pilot the whole beast system. 
that comes up, the, the beast that comes up out of the sea, he pilots that thing. Well, I think three okay. things, Bob. One, it doesn't, Greg, you noticed that it's, it doesn't say the Antichrist anywhere in there about that, about no, Game so it says beast. Number two is that this verse right here, Revelation 12, uh, 2010, is talking about the devil being thrown in the lake of fire. Remember that that's after the um, the millennial reign. Uh, so, I mean, there, there is a, there's a, there's some verses between. That. I just want to make sure, sure people understood that this yeah. wasn't like immediately after those two get thrown into the lake of fire that the, that the yeah. devil does. It's after, after the millennial reign. And then number three, though, too, Bob, look at these people. These two people aren't deceiving uh, the nations and the people um, on their own accord. You have to remember that God sends a great delusion so that people will believe the lie. Mm-hmm. So God, God is actually is the one in control of all this and sending this delusion so that people will be deceived because they did not believe the truth. That's what it says. It's the reason why he does it is because they like to live in unrighteousness and they do not want to believe the truth. And the truth, of course, is Jesus Christ. I mean, he is the truth. So when people choose not to believe Jesus, they are susceptible and open to all delusion. They are primed and ready to be deceived. And so the only remedy against that and it says the bible says that if it were possible even the very elect would be deceived but if you have jesus you will not be deceived that's what the bible tells you is that if you have jesus the holy spirit's inside of you no matter what you're going through you're not going to be deceived you are going to have that in you you're going to be grounded to the word you're going to know where you ultimately end up, and you're going to know that these people who are doing all these amazing things, it says all lying signs and wonders, all. That's a lot. All is a lot. It's a big word. That You're talking about any kind of matter that you're thinking about, Bob, they are going to use in order to deceive people. And that the ones who are not going to be deceived, the only ones who are not going to be deceived are the ones who are going to have the Holy Spirit inside them. The only ones who, who are not going to be deceived are going to be the believers. Everybody else who is deceived is going to take the mark of the beast and they are going to worship the beast as their Messiah. Absolutely. Yeah, the mark of the beast is, is not for us. It's not even in our time frame. Our time frame is the age of grace. That's where God deals with us. That's where we are tested, all right? Uh, that's a completely different gospel, you know? If we go into the tribulation, then that's not fair to us. Now i got to change my gospel now? Hold on a second. got an indwelling Holy Spirit within me. Um, what was it? Did I lose it now? Start all over? How does that work? Well, I also yeah. like how you talk <laughs> about the fiscal martyrs, too. It's like they're, they're calling out for vengeance, right? So it's a yeah. different motivation, right, than what, than what we're, we're looking for. Um, another thing, too, is that the two witnesses, obviously, during the first part of the tribulation there, they're going to make a major impact. Uh, the 144,000 that are sealed are going to make a major impact. There is going to be a great revival that occurs after the tri- after the rapture of the church. That's obvious. When it talks about multitudes of people from all tribes, tongues, nations that are standing before the altar with white robes, 
that is a huge, and he asked, where, you know, where these people come from? Well, sir, you know, that's right. They came out of the Great Tribulation. That's where they came out of. So you're talking about a huge number of people that accept the truth and are not, and are not deceived. But you're also mm-hmm. talking about a very big group of people who are deceived and they do take the mark. Mm-hmm. But I would say that this revival that's going to happen after the rapture is going to make any other revival in the past just pale in comparison. It would make right. sense because the tribulation is bigger. Everything's bigger in the tribulation. <laughs> that should be a slogan. Everything's bigger in the tribulation. I mean, that, that is where everything happens that's bigger than before and ever again. So you're talking about a massive revival that occurs. And, and of course it would, because those two witnesses, Bob, are going to be doing amazing things. I mean, anybody who goes against them, they're going to, they're basically going to defend with the same attack that is on them. They're going to shoot it back, whatever that is. And you're talking about just a, an amazing prophecy two witnesses are going to do. And the fact that there's 144,000 that are sealed. I mean, are they going to be invincible? Those 144,000, it certainly seems like it. They're going to, but you hear people that will, will preach and tell you that the 140,000 are going to be killed. But I don't see that. I don't see them getting killed. I see them being sealed. And it says the angels go and they seal them on their forehead before the wrath even comes. They say, wait, you got to seal these before the wrath comes. It seems like they're indestructible in some way, that they're, that they're like, there's not going to be peril that comes upon them. So when you consider that testimony of those people, you're going to be able to, to reach a lot of people oh, yeah. during that period of time. Well, you think about it this way. you got an alien agenda coming. Okay. Do you think That's they're going to use a special light show and do a bunch of miracles and all kinds of crazy stuff to recruit people to their religion? Oh, they got God, people coming God. out of the sky glowing with lights now. So that's who the 144,000 have to go up against. So they better be invincible, Kevin. <laughs> they better be incredible, as the Bible says. They better leap from mountain to mountain, run and not grow weary, not grow faint. They better be able to do it. <laughs> Greg, what do you know about Project Bluebeam? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bluebeam. Blue yeah. My uh, my grandfather actually was part of no, it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the book, let's... The, the, the book of Revelation is a copycat story on the devil's side. The devil does everything, copycats everything Jesus is, has done. You have three people in the book of Revelation. You have the dragon, the beast, the false prophet. And before Jesus showed up, there was John the Baptist. The false prophet, in my opinion, is going to put up the beast as being the Messiah. People now that are alive now, whoever this false prophet is, maybe it's somebody in the Vatican, maybe it's somebody that rises, but it's got to be somebody that a lot of people listen to that has a stronghold on a lot of beliefs. So the Antichrist is risen, rises before Satan takes his body. When Satan possesses him, it's when he walks into the temple and as Greg had the scripture before, blasphemes God. So the way I see working out is that the Antichrist is going to be a good guy, hence three years of peace. He's going to convince people due to the support of the false prophet and the miracles they commit that he is the Messiah. So the world at that stage is not the world we live in anymore. It's a whole different world. 
When kings take over a country or land, the first thing they do is eliminate the history of it or rewarp the whole history. And that's what Satan's going to do. The world we understand now is not the world of the harlot. When the harlot's removed by the beast system, it's because he's demoing the old world and building a new one. And that's what kings do. First thing they do is destroy most of the, the place and then rebuild. The fact that they throw gold in the streets shows you the money system is not in place anymore. That's part of our world. That's not going to be part of his world. There will be no money. When they say that you work for a day's wages, that reminds me of one world, the slave world. When Pharaoh was in control, the slaves weren't working for money. Uh, Moses' sister, who was a slave, they weren't working for gold. They were working for food. And that's the currency in the new system. As far as buying and trading, whatever he rolls out with the B system may just be a credit system. But overall, the people that are trying to survive are going to need food. When he walks into the temple and declares himself God, that's when the dragon has entered him. And that's how they assassinate him and he rises. The delusion, I think Bob is right. I think that this Messiah is going to say that the story of Jesus isn't true. And that these other demonic entities are going to be the enemy and that they're the ones that took us. And part of taking the mark will be a protection. And them eliminating all the, the current believers in Jesus are of the old world. And that's why they need to go, because they're a threat, just like the people that disagree with the big jab are a threat. And that's where I see all this training of let's hate them because they don't agree with us or they're a threat to our society. So that's where I see the um, the beheadings coming in. And when he declares himself God and walks into the temple, the Jews still don't accept this guy as Messiah, just like they didn't accept Jesus. I don't think any of them are going to turn to Jesus till they literally have to run and they start seeing miracles. Because the whole book seems to be about them, the book of Revelation, it's Jacob's trouble. So they're pretty hard-hearted all the way to the end. And a lot of them end up walking in as millennial saints. So when, you know, <clears throat> a lot of people, we don't talk about what they, when they say Jesus, they see Jesus in the clouds with his army. <clears throat> then they have enough time to gather their armies. Well, that doesn't happen in five minutes. So it sounds like Jesus is going to be in the clouds with his army for days for them to gather an army, come across land and come after him which tells me that Jesus continues to pour out grace to the very last second. He's going to hang out in the clouds with all of us, showing them who the real king is and giving them time to turn to him till the very end. Because when they throw, when the angels, well, they chain up the dragon, Satan, but when they throw the false prophet and the beast into the lake of fire, what about all the people that took the mark of the beast? It sounds like when we come back with him as an army, and I, I forget which verse it is, Greg, but I definitely know it's after chapter after after chapter 20. It says that we'll be going into the windows and dragging them out. So people don't may not like it, but the fact is Jesus is going to use the saints, guys like us and women, to drag out the people who took the mark of the beast out of their homes. And that's going to be part of Jesus's army. We're going to be the ones pulling them out, the ones that took the mark. The angels are going to take people, but it also sounds like we're going to be involved in removing people and bringing them to where God wants them. 
And that amount of time that Jesus is in the clouds is giving them time to prepare. Jesus is going to, in my opinion, show in one great, great moment how he annihilates the enemy with the, with the word of his mouth. And these guys are all going to gather. And then at that point, the people left over will also see that he is the one true Messiah. So, no, I think, I think Jesus is eliminated. I, I think he, the beast, is creating. He may say he's Jesus or say that he's the Messiah, but he'll never, he'll never say that the Bible and um, the believers are of the true story. He'll say that was warped by these people or that people, and that's how he'll convince them to take this mark and to worship him. The same way Pharaoh and all these other kings and uh, Xerxes and all that made them take a mark. But the whole story of Revelation is a copycat story. Jesus is, when Jesus came and rose from the dead, when you accepted the Holy Spirit, you're marked with the Holy Spirit. That's how people in the end times are protected. They have a mark like the 144 and everybody else walking. So he's just replicating. So I could obviously he's claiming to be Messiah. I don't think he'll claim to be Jesus, but he'll be a different. He'll, I think he'll say something else because he doesn't right. want that name being used. Yeah. He would never allow himself to be called Jesus. Well, there's something to said to be something to be said about the beast specifically in his rank, right? You go to chapter 13 here. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Revelation 13:2. The beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were that of a bear, and his mouth as of a lion. And the dragon, right? We spoke about the dragon before. Who the dragon is? That ancient serpent of old, right? The, Satan gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. He's giving it over. He's transferring this power over to this beast. You know who else does too? The Ten Kings. Yes, the Ten mm -hmm. Kings. But it shows. It goes to show you in terms of rank who this beast really is because if he's coming up oh, from yeah. out of the bottomless pit, for him, for Satan, the, the dragon of old, who's, who's the prince, right? This one that's coming up out of the beast, uh, out of the, uh, the bottomless pit is considered a king over all these other locusts, right? Right. The sa Satan, the dragon now, is the prince, the power of the air. The mm. one that's coming is a king, considered a king. Why would the dragon give him his power and his seat and authority? It goes to show, I think it shows in terms of rank here, there's, there's definitely someone who is of much more powerful than the dragon. Oh, yeah. At least that's what I see here. Well, he may give him power, but all generals assign, you know, whether it be a king or a president, they assign generals to rule their armies. Apollyon is the guy that enters him. And when he's killed, then Satan takes his body. That's my understanding. He puts himself into a form. He, well, he doesn't... That's... I've said that before and Greg shut me down on that, but, um, <laughs> but you know what? It's possible. It's possible. It's not, I mean, it's, it's a possibility, but I think the copycat thing you're talking about though, is like Satan being the father, right? Giving power right. to his son, the, the beast, and then having the Holy spirit, the false prophet right. being like, instead of a true spirit, it's a deceitful spirit. It causes people to worship this. Well, what does the Holy spirit do inside of us? It, it dwells within us in order to keep us and also intercedes for us as well uh, and keeps us uh, having a link directly to the Father. And we have that 
Holy Spirit inside of us doing that, which is not deceiving, but is in fact actually as true as you can possibly get about anything. It provides us with all kinds of understanding. It provides us with uh, discernment. It does a whole bunch of things. And discernment, understanding, that's like the opposite in what you're talking about there, Joe. It's like it's the opposite of deceit. Deceit is like is leaving something that's just not true. It's 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 actually to the point where you've been hoodwinked. You've you you you've you've just lost it and now you're believing something that is completely untrue. That is the opposite of the Holy Spirit. Right. So I see what you're saying regarding this pattern. And and Greg, listen, it does say that th- this this uh, beast right was wounded, mortally wounded, and comes back. Yes, absolutely, it does say it wounded. But angels yeah. do get wounded, but they don't get killed, right? No. That's true. So, but apparently, the appearance there's, there's definitely that, there's definitely battles that go on in the spiritual realm. Sure, and of I'm course. sure there are swords. Yeah, you know, we, we agree. Hey, there look at swords. Judas. Jesus said uh, Satan entered him. Right. All right. That's an you example. Know, so, and if Jesus wouldn't say Apollyon or this demon, he said Satan. Right. He didn't say the spirit of Satan. He said Satan. So right. he can enter bodies. Once he's so, in the body, though, he's trapped. Not trapped, but like he's, he's, he's not the prince of the power of the air as far as what he's doing. And, you know... I have to check the timeline, but getting kicked out of heaven is when he enters the body. The Antichrist is a, the Antichrist is a shell. The, the body of the Antichrist is the shell. And all they do is use some guy that's walking around. There's another one, Greg. There's he, another he, one, Greg. It's possible. I'm just saying, Greg, it's possible. And, and I think, Bob, you were talking and, and both of us kind of leaned toward Satan being kicked out of heaven around the midpoint of the right. tribulation. Exactly right. Well, well, I think uh, we have the man of sin first. The man of sin becomes the Antichrist halfway mm-hmm. through. So I could see the argument that Apollyon, Abaddon, okay, yeah. he can be the man of sin. He can he can take over that vessel. Yes. But when Satan's kicked down and now he's stuck on the earth, he can no longer delegate. He's like, you know what? I'm taking over, man. I'm going to do this to myself. The, uh, the body right. of that Antichrist died, so right. the spirit gets kicked out yep. however that works which means satan would have to resurrect that body exactly. which is the mortal head wound and he comes back to life this is why you know as soon as Satan takes over what's the first thing to do he marches right into that temple kicks everybody out start right. worshiping me have we how have how much have we seen about this abandoned guy where he wants to be like god and be worshiped as god satan does that so is that the power transfer that way yeah huh? is that is that the power transfer that it's talking about there where it says that what Greg just just mentioned and just we just saw where uh, where this key, the the Satan basically gives his power over to this king. Yeah, he the, he has to give the power to the beast for a whole seven year period. The beast rises up out of sea and walks here for seven years, but halfway through the seven years, Satan's kicked down to the earth, and now things change. The boss takes over the boss gets his hands dirty now he has he gets to in there he has to because he's no longer he's no longer the prince of the power of the air once yeah. he's kicked out of heaven he just lost his juice that's mm-hmm. why he has to take a body otherwise he would never go into that body he would never and that's why he's so angry and it says in the angry. bible woe unto those 
that you know he just got thrown down to yeah, earth. come down to you yeah right because now is a real problem now he's now he's and he knows he has a little time right the clock starts right. ticking right because yeah. the people that the you can count down to the day of when he's coming back because that's for the people that are left you know left behind they need hope of how long it's going to be they got to deal with this guy hence daniel's timeline mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who believe that greg that that satan will actually, you know, possess um, the, the Antichrist ultimately. Oh, yeah. It's it's the mainstream line of thought, right? Okay. I, really? I went along with that for a long time, too. I'm not saying it's not still a possibility. And You're just saying that it's not, to, it's, it's not like set in stone and 100% I'm, I'm, yeah, proven I'm, in the Bible. I'm simply saying I'm not, it's not set in stone. We can go to different right. verses and say, okay, well, an angel can enter and inhabit a body. Absolutely. Sure. We can, you know, use uh, Judas as the example there. However, let's not forget, even here in Revelation 9-11, the king, uh, which is the angel from the bottomless pit, is, is Abaddon, right? Or mm-hmm. um, so who is coming up from the bottomless pit but uh, the beast out of the sea, right? As, right. as far as I think we know, yes. because dragon is, is Satan, the ancient serpent of old. And the dragon gives this beast his, his power and seat and great authority. Why would he transfer all that power over to him if he wasn't a higher rank than the current uh, prince and power of the air that is running around now? What's now that's, that's where I'm going with it. Uh, you can take it which way you want, but I'm just reading scripture as it is. Well, in that case, all right, Greg. Well, you uh, asked about the question, why, why, would he give him, why would he give him the power? Why not? Well, I mean, he is acting like that's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not saying it's. Yeah, I'm not saying. No, it's a good question. I'm saying the 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 Bible says he gives it over to him. Right. So there has to be something about him in my mind, in my viewpoint and opinion, because that there's something more of a rank, a higher rank than Satan, with this beast from the bottomless pit. But Greg, why would God the Father give all power to the Son? Because he has the deed to earth. Satan lost the title deed when um, he killed Jesus. He was a murderer. Well, we can't forget forget the father father and the son are one. They are one. But but, but also God said that I have given, you know, I've given all my power to the son. He has all power for judgment. Everything is under him. Mm -hmm. So why, you know, so in this case, when you're talking about Satan trying to replicate or copycat, I could see why Satan's going to say, I'm going to give all my power to this beast. Yes. Isn't it kind of the same type of It is of, the same of, type. Of, yes, it is. It is absolutely, yeah. absolutely a copycat, a counterfeit, um, triune. Okay. I don't, I try to stay away from the word Trinity. And so the beast has all triune, this power over the people yes. on the earth, right? Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. And, and so you see the false prophet, you see the beast and Satan working together, three as one. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, it's it's very similar to what we call about yeah. you know, when we look at Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I mean that person, Revelation twenty. I think we started all up. It's the devil's throne in the lake of fire, along with the beast and the false prophet. There's three, right? Yeah, it totally yeah. makes sense. There's your triune. Ama- amazing, right. amazing. Yeah, right. yeah, because you have, yeah, because the devil gets thrown into the the pit. And there's two people that get in, thrown into the lake of fire. So the, obviously right. there are three people involved there. Right. So, and, yeah, so. you know, I think about the two witnesses too, you know, Jesus doesn't come down there. He has another delegation with full, his full power on the earth of the two witnesses controlling the weather and everything. 
So he Jesus has a delegation down here. So why right. wouldn't Satan have a delegation of his own? And then eventually the two instances are removed. So and now you know Satan's like, well, his delegation should be removed too. He's going to copy God's every move all the way through this whole thing. But well, here's my question too: is how how big is this Apollo? It says it's a it, the beast is uh, is a, it, it out of the bottom of this pit. It, it rises from the sea, but then there's a beast that comes out of the pit, and it's known as Apollo in Greek. Okay. How big is this Apollo? I mean, is this a a gigantic humanoid type of figure? I mean, is it a, you know, does it have like all these, you know, like a, like you said, a leopard kind of thing here and this and that there. But I mean, is this also physically gigantic? I mean, can it be 30 feet, 50 feet, 100 feet tall? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I listened to Stephen Nanoon talk about uh, the the scientists at the uh, Pentagon, historians, where they were talking about that they were super giants before, but then they died. And basically, their bodies become petrified like trees. And mm. that's basically what the mountains are. A lot of the mountains are the petrified bodies that died. And the dust, you know, and everything just got, you know, turned into a mountain. And, wow. you know, I thought that was kind of, that's out there, Steve. I can't get on board with that. But then the <laughs> Lord began to show me some verses here. Why did Jesus say, if you had enough to see the size of a mustard, you could say to that mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Why would God want to remove a mountain for? Unless that mountain was a giant. Right. Being cast into the sea, you know that. And then the Bible talks about in uh, in Joel in the Joel two thirty eight uh, two uh, Joel two twenty eight verses twenty through thirty two, where it talks about uh, you see uh, pillars of smoke, and it talks about blood, blood and pillars of smoke. Okay, I was like, what does blood have to do with the volcanoes? Okay, and I thought about that, and basically. Uh, they were breaking it down where the uh, blood of the giant is uh, turns into gold and wow. it gets trapped inside the mountain. However, that works. I don't know. But the, it kind of sheds some light. You always wondered about that. Why they do call them veins, right? Yeah. So I was like, I always wondered about that. Why would the Bible say that in the book of Joel? I can think of the verse right now, but blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. Why is there blood involved with the with the volcano? Did That's somebody jump in there? I thought someone jumped in there and died, shed the blood. No, the fact that that volcano possibly, just saying, could be the petrified bodies, these super giants you're talking about there. I never really thought of that until you just said that, which is like in mining, they talk about hitting a vein. Yeah. I mean. Inside your body is the same metals. It, yeah, it, it carries the blood, right? Mm-hmm. Inside of our and- body is all metals. That is such an interesting thing. I, I wonder agree. if that's listen. We do know that giants exist. We we know them. We and we also know they were they were much bigger and they actually got smaller over time. We know that mm-hmm. because the Bible talks about different time frames and how big these giants were, the and they actually they did get get smaller and smaller. So at the beginning, they were gigantic. And here's the other thing too: is that when you think about mythology, right, and these in Greek mythology, Rome, they all talk about the same kind of thing, which are gigantic beasts you can call them titans or whatever they got overthrown by these other gods and and there was a war and then i mean so you're talking about like you know watchers nephilim and then the raphaim uh you 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 got it all laid out there i mean i would think that a lot of that stuff is is just history it's not mythology but it's actually history and of course it's been buried because that doesn't follow any Literally. narrative whatsoever of Darwinian, you know, um, 
what's the word uh, that I, evolution, right? <laughs> it, it doesn't follow that paradigm. Evolution. You can't say there was bigger things before that were stronger that that got killed off. That's actually the opposite of what Darwin says, because Darwin says the strong survive. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, something that's a thousand foot tall or even a few hundred feet tall or even like, say, nine feet tall, like Goliath, you would think that that was the, that would be the race that would survive. Right. <laughs> not mm-hmm. not not the five foot six, uh, you know, Hebrews. <laughs> they got no chance. Mm-hmm. Well, after the flood, the oxygen levels changed and they couldn't breathe. And the flood well, destroyed most of the flood destroyed most of the giants. Yeah. And they were underwater for a long time, like they're still there, the same way they're finding all these cities underwater. And the men of renown, which were half breeds, were eating humans. And that's the why water. part of the reason God sent the flood is they were out of control. The bloodlines were getting destroyed. And they were walking in Noah's time. See, the movie they made with, uh, what's his face? Mel Gibson. No, no, the one with... Um, you got to see Bob's video. The, the one oh, you just said uh, this last week. Russell oh, that Crow? was really good. Yeah, about the the Russell Crowe. They, they, Crow. they truth drop in there, except they use stupid rocks. They, oh, first right. of all, they, you know, I wasn't there, so I can't say, but I know that there were giants in Noah's day. And I also know when Adam was built, he was probably very big. And when the flood came, the windows of heaven opened and it changed the oxygen levels. And that's why they find enormous things all over the world petrified because they could survive then. And um, again, they replicate the story with the dinosaurs and they were able to breathe because the oxygen levels were real. And that's a whole nother myth. But well, they got to uh, go see Bob's video because this last week, Bob did a whole video about water. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Water is energy. Yeah, you know, water came out of sight of Jesus Christ when they speared him. The yeah. Water, they, they have a problem. They have a problem with water. And yeah, it makes you wonder. I think you have a great, made a great point there, Job. That's why God brought the flood. They just have a hard time with water, man. They don't like water. Not a big fan of it. The fact that, you know, you know, if they had so much hard times with water, why would they want to take over a planet that's 70% water? So that just go that just throws a whole extraterrestrial theory right out the window. They're trapped here just in a different dimension, you know. <laughs> so you're saying that science was a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think of the leopard feet and the lion's mouth. It could represent physical stuff, right? Like a beast coming out of, out of the pit. But that would really scare a lot of people unless that's what they want is just terrify you. But that, you know, that may just make people's hearts stop, like the Bible says. But he wants an army. So it could be physical, but he could be representing he's got the speed of a leopard. He's got the rage of a lion. You know, it could represent a few things. Or it could be both. I don't know. Well, if you saw something 60 feet tall, would you say, um, who can make war against that thing? <laughs> you know? I knew a guy. I mean, His name was David. <laughs> and uh, David killed the giant. And Jonah, well, was, Jonah was in the whale. So how big was this whale? For Jonah to be in the whale, the whale had to have been pretty big. So obviously things were bigger back then. Sure, but, sure. But, I mean, even Goliath himself was only nine feet tall. Only nine feet tall. Yeah, I mean, David that's was pretty- also David was also 13, 14 years old and uh, maybe four foot eight or five feet. I know what you're saying, and I agree. Well, with I get you. it. But but the but the point is, like, that's only, that's less than twice his size. I mean, that's or about twice well, his size, let's just say. I mean, we're talking about something like 100 feet tall. Yeah. I mean, no. he, it's Godzilla, you know, at that point. You're just like, uh, Godzilla can take over Tokyo. He can definitely take over my town. Um, yeah, who's going to make war against that that thing? Especially if it's got, like, Different 
types of parameters of, of different animals, right? Like you say, like a hundred foot tall beast, Godzilla's pretty actually pretty lumbering. I mean, he just kind of goes and you never really see him running. Uh, but what if that thing could run a hundred miles an hour? I mean, you're talking right. about, you know, it also has like just hardened shells on him and stuff. So he could just like go through buildings and whatever. Maybe that's why they submit. Maybe that's why the Kings in the army submit because they've never seen anything like this. Yeah. It's supernatural. And he's yeah. a literal beast, but can speak, you know, like a sound like a man. Right. And, um, you know, and you got the false prophet saying you got to worship that thing. The only time in a schoolyard when anybody on fire uh, down from heaven, right? The only time in a schoolyard anybody gets scared is when there's a bigger guy that shows up, and that's when the you know everybody falls in line. It's just that's always been the nature of things. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it's very interesting to think about that. I never thought about that. Where the beast that comes up out of the sea is down in hell, but but this thing is, is actually a seven headed beast with horns. And everything that's actually what it looks like right now a spiritual being that's what it looks like, you know. And that's what it looks like, you know. I've heard enough stories about hell, there's a lot of weird things down there. Okay, you got you got tarantulas the size of Buicks, literally the size of Buicks, Mothra down there, Bob. What's that? Mothra, Mothra? I I bet you there is. I heard, I heard that there's there's a snake down there the size of a locomotive train. You know, all kinds of weird 10-headed animals and six arms. So I'm not surprised, and I wouldn't be surprised when it comes up that is act the, the spirit manifestation, if you're able to see it in its physical form, would be a seven-headed beast. Yes. You know, and that's what that's probably who he is. He's just a freakish looking beast that's named Apollyon, you know, or whatever his name's gonna be. You know yes. what I'm saying? So maybe that's the case. You know, I never thought of it that way. How big is this tarantula you're talking about? Well, <laughs> it's um, I I you know it's funny. I had um, my son showed me a virtuality game where they had tarantulas that big. I tell you what, I never ever want to experience anything like that. You know, all these all oh, these beasts that you talked about, they all have like feature length movies on them. I mean, they're all stars of their feature length movies. Exactly. I mean, is this part of the predictive programming that you're? that you've been doing your, a lot of your videos about? I mean, is this stuff that you're <laughs> actually going to see during that period of time? It's going to be like a real-life movie right in front of them, and it's going to be terrifying. Yeah, well, you know, that's uh, they have a purpose for everything. And the fact that they own Hollywood, right. that has to tell you something, guys. You know, they, they're just not going to make up movies all willy-nilly, let these guys get rich. You know, there's so much occultism there. Sure. Okay, because they have an objective with the movies and the shows and everything that they teach. All right. The biggest messed up thing I've seen uh, is uh, like the shows like um, uh, what's it called? Lucifer. You guys seen that show? Well, they I, really I never bothered watching that. Lucifer or uh, or uh, <laughs> it just didn't look appealing. To you know, if I ever saw Bob, yeah. I definitely wouldn't admit to it. So, no, I've never seen. I that. had to watch an episode because I want to see what this is all about. And sure enough, it's just uh, so much. false. Information. You watch it so that we don't have to, Bob. Yeah. I'm just like watching CNN. But uh, yeah, I watch but, it and I'm like, I bet you there's a lot of people that actually believe in that crap. They actually believe that they have to do penance. And I'll, it's funny because a lot of stuff in there is like a lot of uh, cat, uh, Catholic type stuff in there. You oh, know? Yeah. But uh, I'm like, man, there's so much, so many lies in there, so many twisted lies in there. And I believe, I believe there's a lot of people out there that just won't read the Bible and they're going to look at that as gospel. Right. Oh, or what about um, that other one, Supernatural? Remember yeah. that show? 
I actually watched that for a while, and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And then they then they started getting into this angel stuff, and all started. And I was like, you can just see how they're trying to manipulate and mm-hmm. twist, and they turned it dark, and they were like, the dark is good, and you could you're just like, mm-hmm. you knew it was going to happen, you know? Well, you've been you knew they were going to lead people right to that water to make them drink that. Well, my, my favorite movie is from the 80s, and it says volumes now, you know, since. Is it Ghostbusters? No. No. It's literally, um, it's literally called The Abyss. <laughs> you remember that movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember The so, Abyss. I said Ghostbusters because we Yeah, I know. You got it. I finally got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> it's, um, it's Ghostbusters, Bob. It's Ghostbusters. <laughs> well. In that movie, it's like this civilization under the water, and then it rises to the top and makes contact. And it's just so obvious they're pre, you know, predictive programming what's written in the Bible. You know, he comes out of the sea. Of course, the abyss is, you know, the ocean. And um, it's most likely where uh, um, Sheol is underneath, whether it be interdimensional or not. But, you know, all these guys are locked in chains, and I'm sure they're sitting right here under our feet. Because uh, they well, all seem these, to they all seem to come out of a pit that's out of the ground. Well, these uh, these um, right these U uh, these UFOs we well, don't call them that anymore. But there's been sightings of them going into the water, right, Bob? I mean, they, they like they just plow right into the water without like any structural damage whatsoever, and they're going at some amazing speed. Obviously, that that craft that they've you know designed to be in or whatever is obviously some some kind of part of them or whatever. So, I mean, th- they're able to go back down in there and then they come back out as well. So, right, I mean, yeah. that but that's not that's that's going to end at a point, right? I mean, they're not going to have free reign over that forever. Yeah. Well, the fact that now we have a 6,000% increase, that's not by accident. The fact that mm-hmm. right now, uh everything that's happening around the world right now, I mean, there's, there, we're we're there's a whole lot of coincidences happening right now. <laughs> if you want to say that, right everything right. that's there's one coincidence after, after another right now, <laughs> you know. And I think we talked about this last week, Evan. You know, how much time do we have left? You know, how mm-hmm. much uh, can we go another seven more years? Ugh. You know, can that happen? Oh, I don't. I don't think we can. But I have been fooled before. <laughs> you know. So f- fool me once, shame on you. Fool, fool me twice, you're not going to fool me again. That's <laughs> that's ultimately what, what it's all about. George W. Uh, you know what, Bob? Listen, yeah, it does seem like things are coming to a head right now. But it seemed like that before. And mm-hmm. I don't want to discourage anybody because everyone should be ready at any time. Uh, you're not promised tomorrow. But at the same time, Bob, I mean, if this goes on, you know, for another seven years, am I going to be surprised? In some ways, yes. In other ways, no, because it, I always got to lean back on what God, what was about God and that he is long suffering, that he is not going to tarry, that it just may look like that to us, but he is not. He is just long suffering. He wants everybody to come to him and get, and get he's going to give as much chance as he possibly can prior to the rapture in order to do that. And he's also going to give a chance during the tribulation in order to be able to do that as well. So don't put it past God to like stretch this thing out until like the very pot, very bitter end that he's going to, he's going to, he knows the perfect timing. So whatever it is, Bob, it's perfect. And it's we who are not. 
Mm-hmm. Not yet, at least. Yeah. I mean, we haven't hit the perfect yet. <laughs> unfortunately, you know, we can, we can, we can, um, we, you, we're facing the wrath of man right now. Yeah. All right. And we don't, you know, you don't face the wrath of Satan himself and the fallen angels until they're cast down here. But man, do, man's doing a pretty good job. Yeah. <laughs> right now, you know, and I, I, if the rapture doesn't happen this year, if, it, yeah. if we have another seven more years ago, if it works out that way, how, how much worse can it get? You know, I mean, I, if that's the case, I really hope there is a red wave. <laughs> this, <laughs> because a little, you know, a little respite <laughs> because the way I see it the way things are going we're all going to be slaves working in a uh, you know some concentration cap dying one at a time for starvation not oh, getting paid really yeah before the rapture yeah. resurrection takes place you're gonna you're gonna be working on the um I think Bob you are slave to be working on the social justice line I think that's yeah. that's where you're gonna be put on that uh, on that assembly line there for the social justice warriors um, you're gonna do really well there Bob you're probably gonna last like a matter of a nanosecond and then you're gonna be canceled out <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and uh and what about the picture generation Seven yeah what about it? right now Okay, so how, how how do you restart that? Okay, after another seven more years, how do you restart that? Okay, yeah, but, I okay. mean, I mean, but you know, but our Apostle Paul made it clear that we'll see this day approaching. Right. So I can see it. I can see the plain as day. Everything's happening right now. If you told me it would happen in twenty thirty, it can happen that way. But I won't understand how that's going to work out until after this year is over. You know. well, it's not just you or me either, too, Bob. I mean, you take a look at like all these other channels. Talk, take a look at the people in the chat. Everybody is seeing this day approaching. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it it really feels like to I mean, literally hundreds of thousands and millions of people who are really watching that it's not much longer. I, I think that we all feel that same way. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say uh, EHI says you guys are forget about the, thir- the Zico thirty eight war. That needs to happen. Seven years of cleaning up the weapons, so rapture isn't happening for a while. Um, there's a lot of interpretation about the Zico 38 war. Must get into some of the questions here since we're working at it. I like but, uh, the you know, the first seven years of, after Zico 38 war. That could also mean at the end of the seven tribulation, Zico 38 war. You know, goes right into the the war of Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the first seven years can be the first seven years of the millennial reign. Where they clean up the land because they are done with war. You know, why would God say they need seven years to clean up when the abomination desolation takes place? Three and a half years, ain't nobody going to be cleaning anything while they're hiding in the mountains. Right. So how does that work? Yeah, I, I liked your case that you made, actually, for it happening in the end and then and burning the weapons in Israel, who's going to be a nation during the millennium. They absolutely are going to be a nation. Yes, Israel is going to exist in the millennium. Jesus is going to be ruling from Jerusalem, uh, that they could be burning weapons for seven years during that period of time. There's no reason to, to, to say why they cannot be burning weapons during the millennium. There's nothing in the Bible that says it's impossible, that it can't happen, that there's no reason, that, you know, none of that. So you make a good point. In addition to that, you know that halfway through the tribulation, when the abomination of death desolation occurs that Jesus said, you need to flee to the wilderness. And 
that is a um, who's going to be bur- who's going to be burning weapons and fleeing at the same time. Right. And another no. thing too is the Ezekiel 30 war is about Israel being surrounded. And what does Jesus say when the when the abomination takes place that Israel be compassed by armies? When you see being compassed, being surrounded, flee to the mountains. Mm-hmm. So what's what's Israel going to be surrounded at the beginning of the tribulation? Three and a half years surrounded again. Is that what's going to happen? I don't see it like that. Yeah, I mean, I see, I, I see that halfway through when the abomination and desolation occurs and the Antichrist goes in the temple and declares himself as God, then at that point, the, that there is going to be a Jewish remnant that is going to, to be protected for mm-hmm. 1,260 days, and they are going to flee. They are going to heed the word of Jesus, and they are going to, to flee. They are not going to stick around. That they are going to take off. It says when you see the abomination of desolation takes place, that's when you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, I really, uh, rapture dreams are really ramping up right now, and a lot of stuff's coming in now. I just, I really just feel that this is going to be the year. I mean, just, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I know we've been talking about a lot of you know bad stuff. You know, I kind of talk about some good stuff here now eventually. But, um, you know, it was interesting. I, did I talk about this last week when we were on the air? Remember I talked about how Dreams and Visions right now is showing that we are gathered into groups in a mortal form before the resurrection begins? Did I talk about that online? Was that after the show ended, Greg? Uh, you did touch on it just okay. loosely on the broadcast. But if you want to bring it up in thoroughly now, you can go ahead. Yeah, well, that's basically what we've seen in Dreams and Visions. And Joe made a, a point about the fields. Remember that, Joe? And um, we, we uh, I see a lot of this Dreams and Visions all throughout the last 10 years. Is um, a, There comes to a point where we are taken to a place where we are focused on the Lord. We're not in the rat race no more. We're in a field. That's, that's usually the most common place. You're transported to a field. I've had a dream. I had a vision actually where I was in a lake with people. It's like up to about my waist, and we were gathered together in the lake. Okay, stuff like that. But it's a nice, nice, uh, peaceful area. It's usually in the middle of a field with mountains in the background. But I think what may happen is we will all be gathered and moved, translated like Philip was with the Holy Spirit, we'll be moved into groups. And then the resurrection will begin. So when that happens, first of all, you realize that you were moved from one location to another. You didn't walk there. So obviously you're going to be raptured. So you get, you're going to get real excited watching the resurrection. So you know you're going up next. You know that. And top of all that, you know, the, the, the peace that comes with that, you know, I mean, I, it, I mean, what do you guys think? Well, Joe agrees with you because he yeah. he told us last week after the broadcast. True, he had something going. Well, on I think that I've I've been the field. If the field. These are visions people have had in field. I've I've had I've had two two rapture dreams, and they've been in two different places. And I'm not saying that's not correct. I'm just saying that if it's a snatching away, the angels have to grab us because something's going on. There's something spiritually going on. If it was a walk in the park, they would come down, settle in in your office and be like, hey, listen, it's time. I'm your angel. But there's something going on where the time, there's a pressing of time. So they snatch us out because something happens. 
they snatch us away. And from what I've seen in my own visions that something comes down and we go up. So there's something spiritually going on. Mm. So yeah. maybe some people, maybe, maybe, maybe there's different things happening for different people, but I think that some people may have that experience and that may be for the, the, you know, the average believer that just was covered through grace his whole life. And then maybe he's got, God's going to have other people see other things because we've been waiting to see it. And he knows we would enjoy seeing it more than other people. So I think he's going to treat everybody based on what it is that their level and his reign is. And, you know, the, the rapture, I had one during the day and one during the night. And, you know, I was consciously aware it happened very quickly and it was instant. So I feel like, you know, I, I never had a dream where it was peaceful rapture. I mean, the moment it started, I was completely at peace and full of joy. Like Paul says, endless joy, abundance of joy. And so that was my experience. I know some people that were translated, like Bob said, to a field and then they just saw, saw people going up. And I've seen multiple dreams of that just a week ago, mm-hmm. more of them. So I think it depends on where you stand and what it is that God, you know, I think God knows what each of us would enjoy to see. Right. And I got to experience music and music has always been special in my life. I'm not a musician, but I find myself close to God and my spirit vibrating when I'm in prayer and listening to certain music and, and um, the music I heard at my second rapture dream was something I've never heard in this world. And I got to see other people come out and experience the rapture. And that's something I would enjoy. So like he knew what I would enjoy before I could think of it. That wasn't my mind coming up with this. The Holy Spirit made it happen. So maybe some people like, you know, I've talked to people in my family. What's your, what's your, you know, what's your, what do you think heaven will be like? And people tell me, me reading a book under a tree. Maybe some people go to the field and they're sitting at the tree and that's it for them. You know, I don't think it's going to be the same for everybody. And the fact yeah. that it's a snatching away tells me there's something violent going on. It's well, not, that is in the word. Ways is a violent thing. That is in the word. That's that's what Harpazzo means. By it's, force. It's, yeah. it's a violent uh, snatching away. Um, of course, we won't feel pain, which is great. So when you think of violence, it's it's like painful, but this is not. This no, I mean, is like if you were grabbing your kid from getting hit by a bus and pulling him away, yeah. it's right. snatching away. Yeah, that's a snatching away. That's translating from one position to another, isn't it? Very quickly. Right. Um, yeah. You know what Ellie Marzulli says, Greg? When they come down, we go up. We go up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, remember what Jesus did too. Uh, Jesus, before he did the miracle of the uh, feeding the multitudes, how did he deal with that multitude? He took them to a field and he separated them into groups. Right. And then he did the miracle and he fed them all. Okay. And then there are 12 baskets left over, you know. I think that kind of represents like, uh, you know, you got the rapture, resurrection, mm-hmm. then you have the 12 tribes of Israel mm-hmm. represented with 144,000 after that. Full bread, full of life, ready to go. You know, it's one way to look at it. You know, I'm the same. Do but, you know when we'll know, Bob, the rapture is going to take place? You know what I happens we'll right know. before we are caught up? I think we'll know. The, you we, know well, in that verse, Bob, what happens right before we who are alive and remain? What happens right before that? The resurrection. The dead in Christ rise first, correct? Mm-hmm. We are going to obviously witness that, are we not? Absolutely. We are going to see that take place. The dead in Christ rise first, and then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds. 
So we know that when that when it is actually going to happen, because when the right. dead in Christ rise, we know that we are going to be taken away immediately following. And top of that, too, if you are God the Father and you're going to pull off something that epic here on earth for yeah. your children, wouldn't you want their attention? Oh, their yeah. Complete and undivided attention. Make sure they don't miss a thing. When I do something like that for my kids, I was like, listen, pay attention. I'm going to do something here. I don't want you to miss a single thing of it. I'm going to wait until you're paying attention. Well, if we're sitting there doing this talk and all of a sudden the resurrection is taking place, I don't get to experience. I just feel my house shaking. What's right. going on? By the time we get outside, the event's over. Also, so don't forget maybe the trumpet. Perhaps don't forget the trumpet, moves. right? Yeah. So maybe perhaps that's why God moves us into these positions mm-hmm. where we are, the living who are left on earth, are moved into a field where they can watch the whole thing take place and celebrate and sing during the whole event. You know, a place of peace like you're talking about, Joe. Maybe the, maybe the nukes are going off and we're like moved out of those places to a peaceful place somewhere every time every time i had an experience with the rapture i was always late to the show my spirit (laughs) told me and my flesh what was happening before i knew and he was like this is the rapture and then i would and it would click with me and i knew and then i would start praising jesus without being in control of my spirit or anything so the spirit was going to tell everybody what's happening because that's why like i you know I don't fear the natural disasters anymore or the tsunamis I've seen um, because the spirit has always told me you're going to be okay. Just praise Jesus and you're fine. And that's the way it's going to be. That's the way it's going to be for everybody. And there'll be no exception. No one's going to be, everybody will be late to the show, but they won't miss a thing. And I don't think the speed of the world that we live in is going to apply to us in the rapture as fast as it's going to be because I was moving in slow motion and everything was happening quickly. So mm-hmm. we're going to see every what what they what may seem like a blink of an eye to them is going to be an enjoyable moment for us. It may <laughs> happen quickly, but we're going to be able to move like the angels move. So if there's a bullet whizzing at me and the angel needs to come, if like you've seen in movies slow and they move very quickly, but you could see it, that's what the experience was for me every time. First raptor dream got pulled up. I saw it. I saw the light. I saw my body changing. I got to experience the whole thing. And I knew though it happened in a nanosecond. Second one, same thing. Last one I had recently, same thing. It happened quickly. And on the third one, I saw the resurrection before I was, uh, before I was glorified. Well, that makes sense because we are going to be changed from mortal to immortal in, uh, in a, like the smallest amount of time that you can actually measure. That's what that Greek word is. So it is, it, it is so quickly that at atomos, right? That, that word means like the, the smallest slice of time that you can possibly get. Right. Uh, you're talking like, and, and what we can do scientifically, I think it's like 10 to the minus 43, uh, 43rd of a second. I mean, it is yeah. like, you know, we point zero followed by 43 zeros, right? And then and a one. It's actually the twinkling of an eye. I think they've measured it, and they said, "Yeah, it's so small that we're that you're not even going to be able to perceive it unless it happens to you." So you're right. For us, we're going to feel it. We're going to know it. For anybody else, it's going to be just like boom, you know. And so here's the one thing though: is that you're not going to be able to make a decision during that period of time. You have to have your affairs lined up before that actually occurs. 
And we are going to see the dead in Christ rise first because, Bob, you explained many times is that this is a public event. This is not going to be a private secret thing. This is not a secret rapture. Right. Okay. This is going to be a private, public, very public, and very demonstrative event that it takes place during these this this age of grace and yeah. this next stage of the tribulation. And everyone gets front row seats. And everybody gets front row seats to it. Exactly. Every uh every every dispensation in time since uh the age of uh since the identic age, all the way up till now, all the transitions were public transitions, all yep. of them. Extremely public. In fact, they were extremely devastating. And that word Rapazzo is also a public yeah. thing. It is not a private right. event. It is a public event. Very. I mean, you, what are you going to do about these exploding graves? You know, <laughs> how are you going to hide that? You have like a four or five billion exploding graves at the same time on Earth. You know, how, how are you going to do that? You know, one woman, uh, the, the video I posted today, she got raptured by a bolt of lightning. Okay. You know, and they did a measure on that, and I think I was wrong. I think I, I meant to say 22 lightning strikes per second. Wow. Um, per second on the Earth at any given moment, a uh, study they did in China. I think I said 1,000, but it's actually 22 lightning strikes per second. So now we're talking about, what, uh, well, 5, 16, uh, how, many, you know, how many fractions of a second is this twinkling of an eye? And the whole Earth, for, just for the resurrection, will get hit with, you know, four or five billion lightning strikes in that time. Yeah, that will cause a worldwide EMP. No problem. That's if you think that you're going to sleep through the rapture, you've got another thing coming to you. I mean, you're, you're going to hear that trumpet sound, okay? You're going to get woken up by that trumpet if you're asleep. So don't worry regarding sleeping physically or not. You're going to be awake for this rapture. I mean, this is going to happen. You're going to be notified. You're going to be ready. It's going. It's going to occur, and it's going to be an amazing experience for those who are taken. For those who are left behind, though, uh, they are going to come to grips with it, and they are going to be trying to be deceived and say, "This is that was not this. This was not that." Blah blah blah. But there. But people are going to. There are going to be people who are like. And we've talked about this before, Greg. I mean, it's like there are people who know us. Okay. There are people that know Christians. They know real Christians who actually have faith, who believe in Jesus Christ, and all of them who, who have that belief and have that oil, they are going to be gone. And it's not going to be, and they're going to be like, that is not a coincidence. That is an actual planned event. That it actually happened. These people talked about it and they're gone. And you can't tell me that this was something else because. Everybody else who did who, who was not a believer in Christ, they did not leave. None of them did. So if it was like some kind of planned event to take random people, it wasn't random. There's the, the only certain people left. So it's going to be obvious to people. But once again, they're going to try to deceive you afterwards, and it's it's gonna it's gonna be really difficult to to overcome that. But people, some people will. A lot of people will. As we mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, but I'm telling you, for those who are actually going to go in the rapture, you're not going to sleep through it. No, the le no, the left, the left behind dreams that I've seen Bob post and other people. Um, Texas Dream asked, you know, will they hear trumpet? Most of the the ones that I've seen where people have been left behind, they witnessed, they heard the trumpet. Wow, so they knew 
And this is obviously God. God gives different perspectives. So if you have a left behind dream and you have faith, don't worry. Maybe he's just showing you a different perspective. And you, I, I never I never believe that if you had a left behind dream that you weren't going to make it. It could be a warning to maybe clean up and make sure you're, you're doing the right thing for the, you know, the kingdom or to warn other people. But somebody has to see somebody has to share the left behind feeling with somebody. And a lot of people mm-hmm. online have had those experiences. And I know it's helped people who weren't saved. They've had that fear and God will use fear to, to get you to listen. So Sometimes. I, I believe they will hear it. I believe that, you know, they, some people, what better way to convert a lot of people than like Jesus did by going up in the clouds with Elijah and Moses, they will see it. And, hear it. and um, you know, first of all, we're going to put that at that point. What's going on here? Something's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, so, uh, the trumpet's have, uh, sounding, Greg. The trumpet yeah. is sounding. All right. I heard that. <laughs> I have a few questions here from Chester. Oh, you got seven questions, he said. Yeah. Let's see. I'll answer them real quick. I'm not going to get real deep into them. He says, "Do you will you be discussing the mandate? Say, will COVID-19 mandate restrictions return with a vengeance after the three and a half years or seven months of as a side relief, I think the I think these the COVID mandates are going to gra- are graduating to the uh, carbon mandates. The carbon mandates. I don't, they they can't sell the whole COVID thing no more. Sure, they'll try to keep working on it, but that actually answers another one of his questions: Will the carbon mandates be a part? Will we have to face it? We can possibly face it. Maybe you know, it depends how fast they can roll it out. But the actual the carbon mandates is a uh, eventually. Preparing everybody for the next run, which would be the actual Mark of the Beast mandate. So there's certainly um, there's certainly a major pivot right now to to the climate thing, isn't it? I mean, we, sure we called, and we called this last year. Mm-hmm. We called this and said, "Hey, they are going to take the you know as soon as this crisis starts to wind down, they are going to pivot, and they're using this war in order to do it, aren't they? I mean, you can sure see are. it. They're just using this and they're pivoting and saying, look." We've got to combat Putin's price heights with electric cars and the Green New Deal. I mean, they are going full blast into this right now. And, um, you know, right on schedule, isn't it? Yep. In fact, uh, the, you know, Kamala Harris said they want to get us out of our cars before uh, 2030. You're you going to own nothing and you're going to like, like it. Like it. You're going to love it, man. I don't think so. Pull the slave. Yeah, Chester said here, well, it's a, it's a dark winter. Represent Russia invade Ukraine and high gas prices. Well, it certainly would look that way to me. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, can the 11th Shemitah cycle be before September 27th? No, the 11th Shemitah cycle starts on September 27th. And let's see here. Is 2022 a reset back to 2014? What do you think it means by that? A reset back to 2014 as a prophetic timeline? What, or what was that? Is... 2022 is it a reset back to 2014? I don't know what he means by that. A reset mm-hmm. before Trump got elected, meaning that they're getting ready to roll him out again. I don't see any reset happening unless uh, you're roll out the red about car. after the rapture, which is a great <laughs> reset, right? <laughs> yeah, here's a great one. Here, we'll are you looking for the great the great reset? Is that what you're looking for? No, oh, gosh, yeah, reset. Get out of here. Yeah, What's go. going on with the truckers? He says, uh, "Will the truckers' convoy start a civil war?" Um, Will the truckers start a civil war? Yeah, because you know what happened up in uh, Canada. 
they went up there and then they all went home and all of a sudden opened the door for all yeah. this legislation. I didn't see any of those truckers have any weapons whatsoever. I mean, I don't know what kind of uh, civil war they're going to start um, unless it's with their horns. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's, that was the most powerful weapon they had. And then they shut that down. So but I think uh, they, if, they, if it got out of hand, the mandates will certainly can tick people off enough after they tried to serpentine the entire, you know, city of Washington, you know, the main, the legislation coming out to take away more of our rights can certainly help fuel a civil war. I could see that. It was a mostly peaceful protest. I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty much what it was. There was, there were, you know, there might've been a few buildings on fire, but it was mostly peaceful. Um, (laughs) Some people might've gotten woken up by the horns, but it was mostly peaceful. But the, I get the, I think the, the best question that I saw on here is, who is paying them, Bob? Who is paying them? Who started that trucker civil war? Who who's actually behind that? I, I, Mister Open Society. I, yeah, I mean, I like to. Uh, those are some of the questions I think that I'd like to know um, when when the perfect comes, Greg. Um, maybe that's not my first question, but I mean, it's probably in the first you know couple hundred thousand, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of questions. It's a long list, Greg. It's a long list of questions. Yeah, uh, uh, people would say Trudeau did it. Obviously, funded it, and the leaders have mysteriously disappeared. You know. Well, what about behind the curtain? Well, Even behind the curtain. Behind, I mean, I think we're seeing his name. Are we allowed to say his name, Greg? I'm not going to say his name. No attention, Georgie. S O R O S. No, I, listen. We, the more we talk Oral about say? money. The more we talk about money and like, let me give you an example, like the fig tree generation, right? Bob, you mentioned that before. Orange J. Orose? The fig tree generation has always been used because Jesus said that the time of the end, you'll see the fig tree generation. But that has nothing to do with the rapture. Jesus told them that I can come back at any time. He was talking about the end, the apocalypse, the revealing. And it kind of sounds like the fig tree generation will have to be with with the book of revelation and tribulation that these, when you see these people go back and, and the fig tree bloom, that has nothing to do with the rapture because then we'd be calling Jesus a liar by saying that he couldn't come back before the fig tree. So guys like Chuck Missler and some other people believe that the fig tree is not necessarily the greatest example, but it is an example of getting near the end times. Chuck Missler's Chuck Missler is dead. Yes. He's, he's not believing, uh, you know, anything on earth right now. So he's 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 awaiting to be one of the first. Listen, he is going. I mean, as far as I can tell, he's going to be one of the one of the, the dead in Christ to rise first. Right. But the point I'm saying is that the fig tree is a timetable at the end. It's not has nothing to do with the rapture. Really? They, they, well, they asked him, what is the sign of your coming? It had nothing to do with the rapture. Uh-huh. If if the fig tree generation is now and it's blooming now and we're coming into the rapture, the fig tree still applies for his second coming in the clouds with us. So I don't the rapture of Paul said could happen at any time, right? So the fig tree wasn't around a thousand years ago. So that doesn't apply to the rapture. The other thing with the money is there's multiple tiers of people involved here. You have vipers and snakes like the elite that want to feed their friends money and capabilities to get contracts, which include carbon or the oil companies increasing gas by 50% when we get less than 10%, I think even less than 5% from Russia. So it has nothing to do with supply chains. 
So you have these bottom feeders like these guys that are always going to make money because that's what they're promised by the people behind the curtain, which are the fallen and the Nephilim running the elites. So these people don't need money. Money is not money is no longer money is out of my concern when it comes to what they're doing is for money. The money is for the people that are need to get paid off and need to make something off of what they're doing. You want power. But, But let me ask you a question that nobody asked really on the panel. If you were Satan, would you be rushing for Jesus to come back? No. All right. You wouldn't be in a rush for him to come back. So what the question, another question I have is, is there a way that he could slow down the return of Christ? And if so, no, no. Okay. You say no, but then Jesus said that certain things have to happen before I come back. Yeah. But, but Satan's not controlling that. No, but he said that people will turn away from him. So one side we say, Satan wants people to turn away from Christ that he doesn't want them to be saved. But at the same time, as he creates a hellish world and we fall farther into the pit, he's pushing up his timeline even faster. So is there there a small chance that he could be we could be in this floating timeline where it's not getting too bad at the same time he's trying to prevent the return of Christ? Because if I was if I was up against him and I'm trying to avoid a fight that I know doesn't work out for me, I wouldn't be rushing it. Yeah, but I hate my enemy. But Joe, Satan tried to to thwart the birth of Christ as well, and he failed multiple times. Correct. Uh, So no matter what he does, God has control over the timeline, and he throws Satan out when it's the perfect time to throw him out. And I get that. But what are his moves now? Uh, What are we missing? His moves are the same moves that he's made over throughout the years. Well, the only move we know is that he sent Judas. He sent Herod to kill all the kids. Well, of course. I mean, he always tries right. that, but he also is. Go- it also says in, Re- in Revelation twelve five that dragons ready to devour the the child that's ready to be born. Right. So, I mean, we know that that the, the dragon is is Satan, and we know that the dragon wants to stop anybody from receiving salvation. Right. So and he's going to throw all these things and darts and arrows. That's why we're in the spiritual warfare that we're in today. Correct. That's why I know the rapture has nothing to do with his 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 coming down. He's he's finally kicked out and now he's put in a corner. So I kind of answer my own question basically because he doesn't he can't stop the rapture, but at no. the same time he's not in control of his destiny. Jesus kicks him out. Yeah, and that's that's who starts it. Right. That's that's really what's going to happen. One but thing I always think to myself: you. Is there anything? I mean, again, we're talking. You know, we're just talking. I'm just trying to think if when it comes to war and battle, right, is there anything that they could try to be doing right now that maybe we're missing or maybe we should see? And I just, I, you know, I ask only because, you know, they're in control of a lot of things on this earth. And Jesus said he's not going to come back till it gets really bad. So at the same, I just, I could see him attempting since he's made these mistakes before. Is there anything he could do to slow down the darkness of what's coming? That's what I'm asking. Is there any way? And, uh, and, I, I, and I don't see that Satan has any of that power whatsoever given yeah, to him by, by God. He's bound by time like we are. Yeah. So that's why the that's why the Bible says when he's cast down, he knows he has but a short time. Exactly, and that's when he has to scramble and and organize a world a global army 
to try to sustain his earthly kingdom. He lost the heavenly kingdom, you know, the second heavens. Doesn't rule that no more. That's why he's cursing them. <laughs> Those that dwell in the heavens curse you, blaspheming them. You know, he's angry. But that's no, he's going to try to that's sustain his the clock. Earth. But that's why I don't I don't see the massive wars starting. I don't think we're going to see any of it until we're out of here. Oh, I I, I, I do uh, agree with you on that. I, I think that that's reserved for the red horse. Right. Um, All these people uh, online yeah. talking about Gog and Magog and war. Like, I don't see any of it happening because it. He, if he was going to go into Israel right now, and I've, I've had the Spirit tell me, God said to me, I drive him into Syria and I drive them into Israel. And when you were talking about the Ezekiel war, it says that he puts a hook in his mouth. Yeah. Satan is, isn't the one pushing the Ezekiel war because he would get the kings to agree with him. It's God, God. has to force that war on them. Yeah. He's doing how, it so that he, he proclaims Israel is my people. Right. So that's how you know that 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 war. And I agree with you. I, I don't think it's at the beginning of the tribulation. I think it's going to be towards the end. It certainly seems more more like that every, every day when when I study it, it, that feels like it's it's toward the end at that point, because, I mean, like my people, Israel, that feels like a, like an ending statement. Uh, and it's not the Israeli defense force right now. If Russia came to attack Israel don't you think that Israel would mount a defense against them? Of course they would. They, they, they would do everything in their power to try to defend it. But but that's not what Ezekiel 38 says. I mean, it's, it, it says that they come down and that they get confused. They start killing each other. And then God sends hail and fires and brimstone and fire down uh, and destroys them. Like, what is it, five, six of the army. So, I mean, you're not... Wouldn't Israel have want to have something to do with that? Of course they would right now. But if Israel is in the state like they are at the end of the tribulation, like what Bob was talking about. Mm-hmm. Did we lose them? Uh, Kevin, come back. Come back, please. Yeah, um, I think uh, he has a point, though. You know, Israel is going to be surrounded by Muslim nations. And, you know, you got Sunnis and you have the Shiites, you know. So I think they're going to be reminded about that as they're heading towards Israel how much they hate each other. Maybe that's how God's going <laughs> to do it. Who knows? Yeah, so either Satan, either Satan mm-hmm. can't invade Israel right now, or he doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. Which do you think it is, Bob? What's that? Either Satan can't, if we know Satan hates the seed. So in your opinion, do you think he can't because Michael and them won't allow him or be, he doesn't want to even touch it because he may speed up the problem for him? I think I think both. Okay. He can't he can't go in as a hand of restraint that holds him back. One and two, the third temple isn't built for him to be worshipped. So there's two reasons why he won't do it right now. Well, he could always you know. build it. Oh no, it says he they build the temple, right? Right, they yeah. build the temple. So you got to have that. Then you got to have an image that's made by man, so the image begins to speak. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that need to build to celebrate him, you know, indirectly, you know. So yeah, he's. And I think um, as far as him, you know, I think really I believe, Joe, that perhaps maybe Satan really believes he can win. And he's tired of waiting. He believes he can really win. I mean, why put together a world army if you know you're going to get slaughtered? Maybe that's part of the Bible where God's Satan's like, you know what? I know it says that right here in the book of Revelation, but you know what? (laughs) I'm going to beat you. He doesn't believe it. He doesn't want to believe it. (laughs) 
He doesn't want to believe it. He's right in front of us. He doesn't want to believe it. It's hard for me to imagine that with his 200 million man army against billions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, but listen, they he God said if I didn't interject, they would get into my throne room with the Tower Mm -hmm. of Babel. They were trying to get to the throne room and invade the throne room. And God said if I didn't, I mean that just tells you about he's gotten pretty close and he knows something we don't about somehow getting to them. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I know this, you know, some information is being hidden from us, but I mean, that story just blows my mind. Like he had a way to break into heaven. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. That's, isn't that's it? amazing. Like, mm-hmm. and the fact that it said no flesh would be saved and God needs to repopulate the earth of these people. And how can you do that? if No flesh is saved. Right. You know, and that's what cleaning, cleaning up the mess for seven years. They could certainly do it. Their swords are going to be turned into plows. So, and he, you know, these, these, this Jewish remnant and the people walking into the millennium, they're going to need a story to tell besides the whole story before that. They're going to have to be the ones responsible for cleaning up this mess. And that's mm-hmm. going to be passed down generation for generation. And it says that when they release Satan, he comes to raise an army against them. So there's obviously people that are descendants of the remnant and the millennial saints that still aren't listening. And obviously God wants a certain amount of people to reign with him forever. And that's why he's continuing these births. In my opinion, um, he's got a special number in mind and they turn on him, you know, after a few, after a thousand years of peace, they turn on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think the cleaning up is a whole, like, you know, clean up your mess kind of thing. It's, you know, you're gonna, it's for a reason, just the way same Noah and them saw these people be killed. Like, well, I think we, this is a good topic to bring up and continue next week. Should we still be here? Should Amen. we still be here? Okay, right. So, but uh, listen, folks, this was another uh, great episode. Oh, we have Kevin back. Just there in time to stay. Just in time to stay. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> but I was yeah, on a roll you. there for a second. Thanks a lot. You know, uh, oh, of the fault. year. Don't blame me. I didn't do it. No, I know you didn't. All right. I, just, I just lost all internet whatsoever. So. Russia, Sorry, everyone. Russia. Yeah. yeah, it's Russia. Well, see you there in the air, folks.